I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, April 22nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, I learned something really cool yesterday that I wanted to quickly share with you. So if you're in Alberta, you know that your milk comes in jugs. But then if you travel to Quebec or Ontario or Manitoba, you'll probably have noticed that milk comes in bags there. And these bags are pretty weird. They don't really exist in the US. They're truly a Canadian phenomena. And Peak Pals, I have the answer for why this happened. So when Canada entered the metric system in the 1960s, it was more expensive for them to convert their entire imperial supply chain with new equipment or move to glass bottles. So they ended up going with something that they were already kind of experimenting with and was much cheaper, and that was bags. But as the price of plastic came down in some parts of the country, plastic jugs made a huge comeback. Plus, in the 1980s, Mulroney's progressive conservative government relaxed rules on metric measurements. However, Ontario was the exception. For decades, regulations in Ontario restricted the sale of more than one pint or about 473 milliliters of milk in containers other than plastic film pouches, meaning you had to use bags. And so that kind of changed now and there's all kinds of milk that you can consume, but bags still are the dominant way that we buy and consume milk. It's just a weird fact, but something I've always wondered about. So Pete Pals, we've got a great episode for you today for our first story back in the news, for our second story, price hikes, and for our third story, Amazon versus Shopify. For our first story, as if he hasn't gotten enough press lately. Yesterday, the Tesla CEO confirmed that between his own considerable wealth and loans from banks led by Morgan Stanley, he has lined up the financing to buy Twitter, which is something you can do when you're the richest person in the world. It's it's like magic. So Peak Pals, here's the background for anyone who's been living under a rock or even worse, not listening to the Peak Daily. So earlier this month, Musk, who is Twitter's second largest shareholder with a 9% stake, presented a best and final cash offer of $43 billion to Twitter's board, which set off a whirlwind of market excitement and executive panic. Now, in response, Twitter adopted what's called a poison pill, which would allow all shareholders not named Elon Musk to buy discounted shares of any one person's, I wonder who they could have had in mind, ownership stake inched up over 15%, making a hostile takeover prohibitively expensive for that shareholder. Now, here's why this all matters. Musk now has the cash he needs to take an offer directly to shareholders at the $54.20 price per share he originally proposed. Now, if enough shareholders agree to sell their stock to Musk at a set date and time, he could use it as leverage to get the board to drop the poison pill defense. On Wednesday, Musk qualified for a $25 billion stock option bonus after Tesla hit a triplet of profit and revenue performance. So, you know, in case you were, don't worry, uh, you can definitely afford it. Now, here's what's next. Musk will likely start vetting investors' interest in partnering to find the equity portion of his offer, while Twitter's board will review the proposal and determine the best course of action, which could include negotiating for a higher value if they do actually want to go forward with it. For our second story, as companies continue to raise prices to offset inflation, wage hikes, and product shortages, Sales numbers from Nestle and P&G, the world's largest CPG companies by revenue, they indicate that shoppers are still spending like it's 2019. This is all per the Wall Street Journal. So this is a pretty neat story. And here's some context. So the Peak actually had the chance to talk to Patricia Baker, the director of retailing at Scotiabank. And she told us that sales growth comes down to price increases, but there is also a lot of pressure on margins stemming from inflation, impacting packing, energy, and costs, and more. And this could just be the beginning. CPG execs warn that prices will continue to rise for household staples, but for now, customers are still willing to pay for products that are 
high-end like espresso pods or eco-friendly cold water laundry detergent or health-conscious hyperallergenic diapers. As the cost of living rises, intuitively, you'd think there'd be a shift to cheaper private label products, but large CPG companies are uniquely protected by their broad portfolios of daily use products and dollars spent on innovation and marketing. And here's why this matters. When Canadians look to cut spending, they're not looking at their favorite household products, but things like grocery items in which trading down is a bit easier. So according to the head of Metro, consumers are increasingly favoring discount retailers. Now, speaking of discounts, if you're noticing fewer sales at shoppers, you're not alone. According to Baker, product sales tied to promotions have returned to pre-pandemic levels. Pretty interesting. And for our final story, last year, Shopify said it was arming the rebels against Amazon. And now Amazon is striking back through a buy with Prime service that will allow businesses to offer Prime shopping features like free shipping and next day delivery for products sold through their own website. Businesses using the service will also have to use Amazon's fulfillment service and pay an additional subscription fee. In exchange, they'll be able to sell through their own website and collect data about their customers like email addresses, a big change for Amazon, who's usually been pretty protective of their data. Now, Shopify has moved aggressively to erase some of Amazon's advantages with sellers in recent years, launching a shop pay feature to streamline checkout and payments. They've also created a fulfillment network to provide two-day delivery and smoother returns. The company is also in talks to buy um, Deliverer, there's a couple R's at the end, a tech startup that lets e-commerce sellers offer next day and two-day delivery. And here's why you, the customer, should care. Buy with Prime is a strategic shift for Amazon, which has until now forced merchants to sell on Amazon's platform, limiting their ability to build their own brand, collect important data, and control their relationship with customers. A 2020 investigation by the Wall Street Journal concluded that Amazon had used merchant sales data to launch their own version of popular products, which undercut sellers on their own platform. Amazon will still have access to this merchant data through Buy With Prime, which is a factor that could make merchants think twice about using this service or trusting Amazon. While Shopify has proven its ability to disrupt and innovate Amazon with e-commerce revenue almost 200% greater than Shopify, they're still the Goliath in this fight. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson at 306 Media Productions for putting together this whole thing. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Peak Pals. And hey, we'll have Jay back with us on Monday. So something to look forward to. Have a great day, everyone. 